Greetings and bienvenue. I am Finn McHale. Welcome back to the Underground Mess Hall. And today we're going to start a new series on debriefing supervillains across different worlds and series and franchises. First supervillain we're going to debrief today is from the Teen Titans world. The 2003 world, not Teen Titans Go. And the villain we're going to be discussing today is Brushogun from Teen Titans Trouble in Tokyo. Now, I know some of you may not be aware of this villain, and also he's only really appeared in this movie to my recollection and knowledge. But don't worry, I think there's more than enough to go over today. So, to get started, let's go over his background. So, Brushogun as a young man, we don't know his name. His name before he was Brushogun, but he was a young Japanese artist, and it's kind of implied that he was obsessed with you know, perfect beauty and the perfect woman. And so, one day he draws a painting of a woman that he deems is the most beautiful woman ever. And he wants to bring her to life. To accomplish this end, he goes forward and involves himself with Japanese dark magic. And he brings this perfect woman of his to life. And it works! However, there are some really heavy consequences to this action. The, the major consequences are is that it turns his skin into paper and his blood turns into ink. Now he's able to create ink creatures you know, that follow his whim. However, you know, he seems to have kind of gone into this you know, dark magic-induced rage and so he doesn't really have any control or if he does, you know, it's somewhat limited, at least to what we first see with him. And he ends up becoming Japan's first supervillain out of this. Now, later on in life, it seems as if he kind of just stops or reflects on his actions and stops his villainous ways on his own. At least from, there's a little bit of an understanding or somewhat that's kind of implied. Now, there's a young Urehara Daizo that captures him. And this is the only villain that Daizo really captures. And because of Brushogun's unique powers, he realizes, you know, he can use this for his own ends instead of turning himself in or trying to help cure him. He uses him as a means to his own end by by trapping him in a printing machine at the Wakamono Shupan building. Basically, this is their stand-in for Shonen Jump. And Daizo then takes over the mantle as Brushogun, and he becomes famous while building, you know, his police force, the Tokyo Troopers. And this goes on for, you know, some years and a couple decades until we get to the events of Teen Titans Trouble in Tokyo. What happens here is a psychotech attacks the Titans in Jump City, and Robin eventually captures him. And so, you know, Robin interrogates him and he wants to know, you know, who sent you? And Psychotech's last words are Brushogun, and he kicks a sprinkler head and disappears. So they take it upon themselves to go to Japan, and when they go there, you know, 
they are having trouble because they can't really speak the language. Starfire ends up, you know, remedying this. But anyways, this huge kaiju creature comes out of nowhere. And so the Titans end up trying to fight it to no avail. And when they shoot it, they realize it has the same regeneration powers that Psychotech has from their fight in Jump City. Well, the Titans are kind of powerless. They can't really do anything. All of a sudden, Daizo shows up with the Tokyo Troopers and captures him. And Daizo, you know, thanks them for their help. And then he gives them a tour of the city and the Tokyo Troopers. And during this, you know, he asks, how can I help you? And Robin goes, I'm looking for Brushogun. And Daizo kind of laughs and says, I'm really sorry you came here on a fool's errand. Because Brushogun is just a myth. And Robin's like, dang, this sucks. You know, now now he gets over this later and realizes, you know, maybe he is real. And Psychotech ends up attacking him. He gets reprinted. And now, for some reason, he doesn't have his regeneration powers. And Robin appears to beat him to death. This is when Daizo shows up again with the Tokyo Troopers. And he says, I'm sorry, my young friend, but I need to take you in. And now the other Titans who are on their various misadventures now are under the eye of the Tokyo Troopers, but they get assaulted by other, you know, creatures similar to Psychotech in that they're ink-based, even though they don't know it yet. Beast Boy is being attacked by Nyanya. Cyborg gets attacked by Timoko, and Starfire gets attacked by Mecha Boy, and Raven gets attacked by Scarface. Now, we don't see the end result of the fights, but they end up, you know, getting away somehow. Now, while this is all going on, you know, Daizo shows up, and he's reading a manga, and he's trying to talk to Robin, and Robin's pleading his case, saying, I didn't mean to, you know, this is a big mistake. And Daizo's kind of like, well, it doesn't matter, dude, you know, you're in big trouble, but there's a throwaway line he says before that where he says they don't make heroes like they used to while reading the manga. And so he leaves and then Ramen gets put in a transport vehicle seemingly to go to another location. Now while this happens a piece of paper flits in and it says Brushogun and it turns into one of the puffball shurikens that Psychotech used against and it blows up the vehicle and Robin escapes. Now Robin takes this opportunity and he, you know beats up a mugger and steals his clothes and assumes his identity and goes to a dive in one of the worst parts of Tokyo. And he asks for information on Brushogun and initially he gets laughed off and he says, all right, never mind. I'm going to tell you the truth. He was real, but we don't know really what happened to him. And so he gets surrounded by the Tokyo Troopers at one point, but then is saved by Starfire. All the Titans meet back up. This is when Steinberg reveals that, oh no, you know, they're all made of ink, you know, so you didn't really kill a psychotech. And so Robin's relieved about this. So then they're trying to come up with ideas of, well, where is Brushogun? And then they realize, oh, he, maybe he's at, you know, the manga building, the Wakamono Shupan. So they go there and the printing machine opens up and Brushogun comes out and he's got these tubes coming out of his back with ink being sucked out of him and he's like old and emaciated and he relates his story to which Raven related earlier when they all met back up it's at this point you know 
Dizer reveals himself to have taken on the mantle of Brushogun and used it to amass his power and create the Tokyo Troopers and become super famous. Robin and the Titans then confront him and saying, well, you're not a real hero then. And so they get into this big fight. While this happens, Robin smacks one of the Tokyo Troopers super hard. And that's when he realizes they're made of ink too. So they go all out. You know, it's at this point then that Robin begins to corner Daizo and he jumps into a hole in the printing machine that Brushogun has trapped him. And so they become this huge ink monster, you know, kaiju-like creature that's kind of like a kind of like a Hedora ripoff, you know, but better powers. <laughs> I don't know what else to say about that. And so they end up finding him and, you know, Robin gets to the centerpiece where Brushogun is being held. And he says, how do I stop him? And Brushogun says, if you pull me out, the spell will end. He can't use the power as long as I'm a part of it. And so he pulls him out. Now, while this is going on, there's these huge ink globs that drip off of the ink monster creature. And they turn into the other monster prints of the Tokyo Troopers, Scarface, Mechaboy, Nya Nya, Timoko, Dekamido, and Psychotech. And so they end up winning when Robin pulls Brushogun out. Brushogun dies and fades away. And then the rain comes, you know, cleans up all the ink. Because you end up finding out that they're weak to water. And that's how the original Psychotech, you know, escaped, quote unquote. Then Daizo's captured and the Titans are reveled as heroes. And so that's the story of Brushogun. Not very long, but still pretty interesting, nonetheless. Now, let's get into his superpowers and weaknesses. Now, this isn't straight up told, but it's kind of implied that... One of the biggest powers that he gets is longevity. You know, so he has a much longer life. Now, because Brushogun was also an artist, you know, he was a really good artist before he became Brushogun. He had... His creatures end up getting this unique ability to take on the characteristics of the creatures that they take on. And so... Mecha Boy, who's based on Astro Boy, is able to shoot laser beams, fly, and missiles. Psychotech, who's based off a of Power Ranger, you know, and Kamen Rider, he gets a jetpack, he can fly, he can throw these puffball shurikens that cause explosions, he can generate some size as well. Timoko is based off, you know, Boss Borat from Mazinger, so he's got this kind of egg shape, he has these snake-like robot arms, he can spin them really fast, and at the ends they can change into different types of blades like butcher blades and tongs specifically they end up being tools used to make sushi because Timoko is kind of sushi uh, obsessed which is kind of funny Nyanya is a cat girl you know so basically like Felicia from Darkstalkers or Yoruichi's hybrid form from Bleach and Scarface is based off no face so he can kind of expand and like phase through stuff and he can fly as well but he also has this weird ability where if he captures you, he can lift up the shroud and all these like scary looking faces come at you. Dekamido, who's based off like Godzilla and Gorgo, is just this huge kaiju-like creature who can shoot laser beams out of his eyes and fire out of his mouth, whatever. And at the same time, all the creations, you know, and this is one of the major powers, is the ink creations, which is a subset of the artistry power. 
They basically have enhanced streets, strength, speed, etc. They also have regeneration. And now, I'll get into that later because there's something weird with that that we see. Now, on top of that, you know, there's the Super Ink Monster, which is kind of the ultimate technique. Outside of that, though, all the creations come in a variety of colors. The ones we see are green, cyan, magenta, yellow, and black. Outside of the green, if you notice, the cyan, magenta, yellow, and black are all printer inks. And I think that's a cue in as to how we're going to find Brushogun later on. Now, you end up finding out that they were the same ink colors that Brushogun used for his dark magic ritual, but it's still a nice, you know, hint towards the viewers. Now, one of the biggest things too of the ink creations that I have find interesting in terms of timeline is the Tokyo Troopers. I don't think when Daizo started that they were all ink creations. What I think is super likely though is that they were Founded by actual people at first. But slowly over time and more and more classes of the troopers. Did they start adding more and more and more of these ink troopers to where it was like not really noticeable anymore. And it got to a point where only those in the management, you know, might have known or not. They might not have even really known either. But, you know, basically once they got to the logistics and management they may not have cared they were looking at just getting numbers and so it was easy for him now the regeneration power the reason why this kind of strikes me as odd is because there's only two ink creations that we see really use the regeneration power and that's the first psychotech the one that attacks titans tower and the titans in jump city and decamito the godzilla stand-in Personally, I think the more and more he gives the creations more stability, the more and more it takes out of his longevity. Because we see it pains him at his age to make these creatures. It really does pain him. And I can only imagine giving him the ability to regenerate must be even more painful. And I think that's, that... He must have some sort of counter with his longevity ability. And that by giving the creatures regeneration might have been easy at first, but later on it might have been much harder. And so I don't know. It hasn't been really explained, but that's just my take on what I think is really going on with the regeneration power. Now, if we look at, you know, the timeline too, you know, Daiso's age is kind of up for grabs, you know, I think he's more or less somewhere in his, you know, mid to late 50s, like around 55, 56. And here's what I mean by that. When he talks about they don't make heroes like they used to, and you look at the specific characters that are being created, you know, they're based off Power Rangers, Astro Boy, and Mazinger characters. Now, if we use Astro Boy as a metric, you know, he started serialization in 1952 and ended in 68. So I think it's a safe bet to say let's use 1960 because Trouble in Tokyo takes place in 2006. So let's just say that's when 
these events occur, the, t the trouble in Tokyo events. If we say he's 10 years old, Daizo, if we say Daizo is 10 years old uh, at around 1960, which is around the halfway point of Astro Boy's publication and serialization, by the time 2006 rolls around, you know, he'd be 56. And by looking at how old Brushogun is, you know, especially when we see when he becomes Brushogun, he looks to be in a very much pre-industrialized and modernized Japan. I would say very early 1900s. Like I would even say 1906, just to make it even that he's 100. You know, and I think this kind of works out because if we look at him in the fact that he might have stopped doing his villainous activities, you know, and realizing what he was doing was wrong. If we say he did that by the time he was in his 40s, because let's say by 1924-ish or 1926-ish, when he's in his like late teens, early 20s, he might have looked at this as, man, I'm really doing something wrong. So he normally would have been in his 40s. Daiso in his 20s as a police officer would have caught him in the 70s. So he wouldn't have used his powers, you know, since around the World War II time frame, which would explain how Daiso was able to capture him. And I think this is really important because Brushogun's really powerful, so it's kind of like, how did Daiso capture him? And I think this is the best way to explain it is, he was, yes, he was Japan's first supervillain, but he wasn't a supervillain for very long, at a max maybe 20 years. Realizes what he's doing is wrong, goes into seclusion and is like, yeah, I'm done. Daiso as a young man hears rumors that Brushogun is still alive and making ink creations. And the most logical conclusion is he's using him to defend his home and people are getting hurt. So Daiso goes and it blows out of proportion and Daiso captures him. But realizing what his abilities are, he uses it to build up his own power and fame. This is where I think it gets really interesting because Brushogun might have only been using him for base protection of his home. That would lead me to believe that he didn't really train with his powers. And so him also being at 70 makes sense why Daiso could capture him. And it leads to this happening. Now, there's another really interesting implication, and this is the last point I'll make. He stated to be Japan's first supervillain, Brushogun is. And this is where it gets really interesting for me because we don't know of any other supervillains. Because Daiso and the Tokyo Troopers, it seems like, have taken care of everything. And that the underworld is afraid of them. The reason why I find this interesting is because you would think after Brushogun is gone, it would create a power vacuum. It did, but Daiso took control of it. And so by doing that, it created this false sense of security. But even then, I still find it weird that no one else would either mess with Japanese dark magic, you know, in that world to try and get their own powers. It's really interesting because part of me thinks Daizo had basically one of the most impressive intelligence networks out there. That's the only reason why no other supervillains would have come to pass. But, you know, unless we get any more to find out, you know, we won't know if there were any other supervillains before or after Brushogun.
and I hope we get something because that'd be really interesting to see. But anyways, that's what I've got. That's the end of this debrief on Brushogun. Signing out.